Good morning. Please open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verses 18 through 20 this morning. Uh, Today I want to give you the last little sermon in this section on spiritual warfare. Two weeks ago I talked about the reality of it. Uh, Last week we talked about the armor of God. And that all of our, we saw that all of our protection in, uh, in spiritual warfare really comes from the salvation experience. All of those pieces that you wear really um, are part of the salvation experience. And today I want to talk about our support for ourselves in the midst of battle. Support for ourselves and each other. Since it is a spiritual battle, you have to have a spiritual mindset for it. We cannot look at the natural world and think we see every part of our battle. When you watch the news, you get a hazy view of the earthly perspective on the battle, but we must always be praying for insight and being contemplative to know that the true enemy is often obscured, and we may uh, we mistake certain people as the true enemy when often they are just deceived pawns. No, the true enemy is the, the deceiver who tells lies and makes false accusations about God's holy people. He's the one we need to put all of our emotional energy toward fighting. Just think how effective your prayers would be if you put all of your anger, frustration, worry, and sadness into them. If the tightness in your jaw and the gritting of your teeth was turned to worship of God in prayer against the enemy, how much good could be done? But instead, we churn our own bellies into ulcers and weaken our own faith. Know when the doubts, fears, and frustrations arise, let us turn immediately to prayer, fervent prayer, even angry prayer, but hopeful prayer that God would defeat the spiritual enemy and for gracious power of, of, for the salvation of our earthly enemies, turning them from foe to friend. That's how we ought to be using all of our emotional energy instead of using up our physical energy with so much anxiety. Let's read our passage, and then maybe we can repent of our bad tactics in this spiritual battle. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mysteries of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. I think in a short analysis of this passage, it's important to note that verse 18 starts in the middle of a natural sentence. So Paul, in the previous verses, is telling you all about the armor of God. And the last part of that is the order to pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So I broke this passage up into two sermons, but Paul made this this one sermon and last week's sermon into one thing. In fact, the third the, the sermon from two weeks ago, uh, I, I split it into three sections, but Paul is, has this all in one. And it's all about the battle and how to stand firm in it and how to fight it with prayer. This is a continuation of the armor of God. Get all the armor of God on and then stand and pray. And what I want to do today is to point out the who, what, when, why, and how of this whole business. Paul was redundant in his use of the word stand in the previous verses, and now he's redundant in his use of the command pray. So let's see how it all works out. First of all, the how. He wants us to pray in the Spirit. And what does that mean? And for those of you from a Pentecostal background, you've probably heard it mean 
praying in tongues. And I won't, I don't want to contradict that, but it, it has to have a broader meaning because not all people have the gift of speaking or praying in tongues. God doesn't mean for all of us to have the gift of tongues, but he does mean for us all to pray in the Spirit. So here's my thought on it. Paul comes from a tradition where people recited, memorized prayers, often out of ritual. And I think he means for us to pray as the Spirit of God leads us to pray. There's a great church health expert named Tom Rayner who chides churches uh, for having part of their worship what he calls perfunctory prayer. And what he means is that we pray because we pray, not we pray because we want God to act. And there's a little book called The Book of Common Prayer, and I think it's a great little book to have, but there's a real danger in using it too. It has great prayers written by learned people of great devotion, and this little book has stood the test of time. But it is a great temptation for us to read out a prayer that means nothing to us or a prayer that sounds really eloquent, but I think God wants us to pray out of a real, genuine connection to Him, listening as well as speaking learning to dis discern the Spirit's voice, knowing that God is present with you and in you. And that's hard. But it isn't eloquence or tradition that moves God's heart. He's moved when His people, moved by His Spirit, cry out to Him with genuine need. Learning to have a conversation with God is not easy, but it's much more impacting on your spiritual life than memorizing the prayers of people long ago. Instead of learning their prayers, learn from their devotion and say your own prayers with the Holy Spirit guiding you. Second is the win of prayer. Paul tells us to pray on all occasions, in joy, in optimism, in loss, in fear, in sadness, and even in anger. Don't let the devil distract you from prayer. Make sure you invite God into every moment and every emotion, even into temptation with you. There's nothing that happens in your life that you don't need to pray about. Have good things happened? Pray with thanks. Have you failed in some way? Pray with confession. Have you learned something new about God? Pray with worship. Has he exposed a, a need in your life or the life of someone close to you? Pray asking for help. There is no day in which prayer wasn't necessary or wouldn't be helpful. Pray in your victories. Pray in your losses. Pray in your worry. Pray in your relief. Pray with your love. Pray with your anger or indifference. Pray in your solitude. Pray in a crowd. Pray in the silence. Pray in the noise. Whatever the occasion, pray. Third, and this overlaps greatly with the second, is the what. What shall I pray for? Pray for all kinds of things, all, with all kinds of requests. No matter what you're concerned about, tell God, nothing is too trivial. You've prayed for a sports team, right? It's okay. Maybe it's not a primary need of yours, but it's okay to pray about it. Uh, but make sure you are praying about all the things that are important to you, too. Pray prayers for help in the morning. Pray for wisdom at noon to solve the problems that have presented themselves during the day. And pray for a Sabbath from all worry at the end of the day. Sufficient unto the day is the trouble thereof, so pray in the evening about all the things you might be tempted to worry about. Leave them at the feet of Jesus, and then have your rest. Fourth is the who. Paul desires us to get your mind off of ourselves and onto each other, onto other people. Pray for yourself, sure, but take out your church directory or start 
uh, thinking through who is in your circle and pray for them. It might help you in your own depression to stop thinking about yourself and your own problems and consider the problems of another person you know. It might really hearten you to leave your own problems behind for a while and take up the ministry of carrying the load of another in prayer for them. You know what the people close to you are going through, so pray for them. Pray for the different ministry heads in this church. Pray for the elders. Pray for new believers. Pray for immature believers. Pray especially for believers to be strong and growing in the Lord. Pray especially for people who are on the front lines of evangelism. Get on the front lines yourself, but also pray for our missionaries who are working to expand the kingdom of God. Pray through the prayer card we have given you. Include HFC as an organization. Each church is a gospel outpost with many soldiers in it fighting the battle. Each Christian is a soldier in the Lord's army. Pray for their victory. Pray for their morale. Pray for their supply. Pray for their reputation to be good in the communities where they live. And lastly, the why. Paul gives insight into why prayer is so important to him personally. It is because we need the boldness and the sense of mission that God gives us. In preparation for this sermon, I listened to a sermon from an old English preacher named Martin Lloyd-Jones. He said something to this effect. Paul was in prison asking for prayer, but not prayer to be released from prison or to be healed from his chronic illness. No, he prayed for courage to keep evangelizing. Prison is probably an intimidating place to do evangelism. He could be abused by any guard at any time they saw fit. But he wanted courage to keep doing what got him in prison in the first place. Having a chronic illness is difficult, especially in a time and a place where there was no ibuprofen or whatever medicine might heal him or alleviate his symptoms. But he didn't ask for either of those things. Instead, he saw that his mission wasn't stopped just because he was in prison. Instead, he only needed courage to keep fulfilling his mission in a difficult place. There will always be a reason to stop evangelizing. You'll always have more going on and and more personal struggles that require attention. What's really needed is courage to seize every opportunity despite the noise in our lives. So pray for boldness to minister and preach. So let me give you a challenge for this week and thereafter. First of all, spend five minutes praying each morning, each noon, and each night. I'd say pray out loud if possible, but if there are people around, don't let that stop you. Just pray silently at your desk or in your car. Pray in the morning for God's grace to follow you all day long and help you see the opportunities to minister and evangelize. Pray at noon for all the endurance and wisdom you need to finish your tasks for the day. In the evening, decompress with your Lord, casting all your worries for the following day on Him. Let him work out the solution to those problems while you rest in him. Secondly, commit to pray for another person this week. You might choose to make a list of people whose needs you're aware of, or you might choose to pray through the church directory. That's what I sometimes do. You might commit to pray for one particular person every day this week because you know this person is going through a very difficult time. But instead of mulling over so much of your own life, commit half of this week's worry to praying for another person, and let your own load lighten while you do it. Thirdly, pray for many to hear the gospel call and come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ by your words and the words of a missionary. 
Prayed that God will enlarge his kingdom with conversions of people from the kingdom of the enemy over to the kingdom of heaven. Let this week be a revolutionary week of prayer in your life. Let it put you on a path to a lifestyle characterized by prayer. The victory of Christ the Son over the enemy will only be completed if we connect with God the Father and ask His Holy Spirit to move in us to greater righteousness and evangelism. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the exhortation and invitation to pray. Help us, Lord, to pray on all occasions, in every circumstance, with all kinds of prayers. Uh, Lord, help us to be real with you. Um, Help us to be genuine in our prayers. Help us to groan and help the Holy Spirit to make up for what we lack in our prayer. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me say a blessing over you now. May God the Father give you victory over the enemy just as he did Christ the Son and empower you by the Holy Spirit to do the works of the Son which he prepared in advance for us to do to the glory of Almighty God. Amen.